Sound Pages is a literary series featuring resident artists in the Jack Straw Writers Program. When Uncle Jeff lost his big toe to gangrene, no one gave him any pity. And I'm pretty sure my mom sent him a bag of toe-shaped candies. (laughs) This program features the work of 2012 writer Sally Newman. She spoke with curator Sean Wong about her work. When you're actually writing about your family, I think we're all faced with this. You know, there's the truth, and then there's what serves your story. Yeah, like I have to take a certain amount of artistic license, certainly, uh, to make it like more interesting or to make the narrative more engaging. So I like to try and draw in, you know, themes that didn't necessarily occur and uh, make that tie in my story better. I know you grew up in different places around the world. Yeah. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about that background and how that feeds your work as well? Yeah. I mean, it's always a strange question because it's all about perspective. You know, to me, growing up overseas and moving from place to place just seemed normal. So it was hard to remove myself from the unusualness of the situation. I was just like, this is how everybody grows up. And I think as a writer, being sensitive to the nuances of language, just from being exposed to it, certainly um, makes us more in tune with language, how we use our own language. Have you experienced that? Yeah, certainly. I think other languages I've known have heard help me sort of with like the music of my writing. Because, you know, Turkish, for instance, has vowel harmony, which I think is extremely beautiful and English should have it because it's just handy. So that makes sentences they write and read and just sentences that exist in Turkish sound really natural. And I try to make a lot of my writing emulate that. Now we'll hear a selection from Sally's live reading. So this is my nonfiction piece about my Uncle Jeff, who is a delightful character. He's just a character. You just can't help but write about him. The summer before I went to college, Uncle Jeff and I were driving to the grocery store when he spied a distant grayish tree and bellowed, That Bismarck palm has about four months left on it. What do you mean? It's got verticillium wilt, identifiable by a smooth fungus. It's a crafty motherfucker. You can see that all the way from here? He burped, sighed, and puffed out his chest. Yup. <laughs> Uncle Jeff then proceeded to point out every terminal tree in a 12-block radius. <laughs> his knowledge of plants and their harrowing diseases was the most impressive thing I had ever heard. I could all but stare at him in awe as he spouted off a list of the 36 most prominent fern species. For the first time, I felt like he had something to teach me besides how to trick the cops into thinking that you're sober. <laughs> It was the first time I felt something more than the unquestioned familial love that is more earned than intentional. But still, I hadn't figured him out yet, because even among all his vast horticultural, horticultural, that's a damn hard word to say, knowledge, and his somewhat teddy bear-like qualities, he was still Uncle Jeff, the man who, when eyeing a miniature Ming vase at the local art museum, slurred, I'd like to take a shot of Yegi out of that. (laughs) And not having him figured out never really bothered me until he had a stroke last summer. Over Christmas, I went back to Florida, expecting to greet a solemn, traumatized family. Here's what I encountered instead. Your damn uncle's demanding that we go to Disney World. My grandma shook her head. He keeps wanting to ride the roller coasters. I keep telling him, Jeffy, your body's going to give out on one of those things. One of those stupid veins in your head will take its last breath and die. But he'll have none of it. At least I'll go out happy, he says. I don't see what the big deal, he says. Jesus. Oh, that's right. We don't deal with strategy. 
when Uncle Jeff lost his big toe to gangrene, no one gave him any pity. And I'm pretty sure my mom sent him a bag of toe-shaped candies. <laughs> Where is he? At home, playing the Wii. She shrugged. He's actually gotten quite good at that bowling game. That one arm he can still move is really bulking up. She drove me straight to Uncle Jeff's house. Like most houses in West Palm Beach, which is pretty much Palm Beach's armpit, it had only one large floor, was comprised of a sickly gray stucco, and had presumably been featured on cops. <laughs> the yard was blotched with dry yellow patches of dead sawgrass, which were adorned with pert little piles of ash and the occasional glass bottle. A smiling, bearded gnome lay on his side by the front door, holding a chips ceramic sign etched with the phrase, Welcome Gnome, in fragile curled letters. I stepped neatly over the fallen gnome, pressed down on the soft plastic door handle, and swung the door open. I was immediately hit with the familiar gust of cigarette smoke and a few tragic droplets of Febreze. Uncle Jeff made a gargled noise of delight. Hey, sweetie! He picked up a nearby bowl of yellowish something. Want some egg salad? He mashed a spoonful into his mouth. A soft crumb remained on the corner of his lip where it mingled with a small droplet of drool. No. I'm fine, thank you. So how was the flight? Did you sit next to some fat guy? It was good, and no, I got lucky this time. How are you, Uncle Jeff? But I knew how he was. He looked like he hadn't moved in days. He had let his gray beard grow in strange patches, and his skin was yellowed with age and malnourishment. He looked remarkably like his front lawn. Hey, you can call me Uncle Strokey now. He laughed. Four slow, deep, heh noises. Oh, you want some beef jerky? Actually, Uncle Jeff, I don't really like beef jerky. His face fell. Oh, yeah. Me either. <laughs> a few moments passed in unwelcome silence as I tried to think of a response, but he beat me to it. I, um, I ordered mine special from Arizona. I think it's bison or something. I, yeah, I think it's bison. <laughs> yeah? And all of a sudden, I was alerted of another man's presence in the room, purely by his smell. I dared to look around. His shirt said something about penises or fucking. Something he undoubtedly thought would make women's nipples harden with unbridled passion. He offered me a ginger ale. Who the hell is that? I whispered in Uncle Jeff's ear. Oh, him? That's Skippy. His name is Skippy? His parents actually named him Skippy? No, I mean, his name's Joe, but I've got too many friends named Joe, so I named him Skippy. I shrugged and turned to Skippy who, thanks to what I'm sure was a delightfully complex drug cocktail, had been completely oblivious to our hushed conversation about his general existence. Sure, Skippy, I'll take a ginger ale. He brandished a grin that didn't extend to his eyes and handed me an already prepared glass of sparkling liquid. I gulped it down like an idiot. <laughs> Uncle Jeff, does this have liquor in it? He gave a small dismissive gesture with his functioning hand. Of course. <laughs> Just liquor? Fuck if I know, sweetie. I pushed aside a few ashtrays and set my glass on the table when Uncle Jeff started to bellow at Skippy. Skippy, go back to the others. The, there are others? I asked, perplexed. Yeah, I got a bunch of my friends living with me now. You know, because I need the help and all. What with my being a fucking invalid. He gave me a loopy grin. I craned my neck to peer into the kitchen, and lo and behold, Uncle Jeff had collected a small cohort of unsavory assistants. <laughs> Whom he, told waited, whom he told me waited on his hand and toeless foot. Greg over there changes my urine jug for me. Don't you, Greg? 
A man wearing a stained wife beater raised his glass at us. Yeah, Greg. Greg's great. He sighed, gulped his beer, and seemed to be thinking about something important. His brow furrowed. Sal, I don't like you seeing me like this. Seeing you like what? Seeing me all looking like shit and having people wait on me and whatnot. This just, this isn't how I want you to remember me. You know, like when I die. Uncle Jeff, I don't, I want to die on the couch. Remote in hand. I giggled. And bury me with that remote, like I'm an Egyptian. (laughs) I promise. And even though that promise was empty, because bearing with him with the remote is just ridiculous, I felt connected to Uncle Jeff just then, bounded by the humor of the entire situation. But I still didn't feel like I understood him. He's not all bad. No one who calls cashews smiling peanuts can be bad. (laughs) But he's not all good, either. He's something else. Some people aren't there to be figured out. That's it. Sound Pages is a Jack Straw production. The 2012 curator of this program is Sean Wong. This episode of Sound Pages was produced by Mo Preventure. Recording engineers are CJ Lazenby, Tom Stiles, and Mo Preventure. Narrator is Alyssa Keen. And executive director of Jack Straw Productions is Joan Rabinowitz. Theme music by Rachel Matthews, produced through the Jack Straw Artist Support Program. The Jack Straw Writers Program is made possible with support from the City of Seattle Office of Arts and Cultural Affairs, Four Culture King County Lodging Tax Fund, the Washington State Arts Commission, the National Endowment for the Arts, the Paul G. Allen Family Foundation, Arts Fund, and individual contributors. All of the writers heard in this series are published in the Jack Straw Writers Anthology, available for purchase and featured online at jackstraw.org. Thank you for listening.